Let's get into this word tonight. We're, I'm telling you, the book of James is speaking so clearly to the generation in which we are living in. And, and what I love in, genera- in James, the third chapter, you will see a 2,000-year-old letter that is written by the very breath of God and penned by the half-brother of Jesus, James. And this is a letter to the believers then, and this really is a letter to us tonight because, you see, we're talking about the tongue. You know, and, and we have something to say all the time, and our tongue, well, sometimes it could get us in trouble. And, and especially now today with social media, maybe I should say the words not only that come out of our mouth, but come out of our thumbs as we use those in our social media world. But the tongue remains hidden for the most part, but when it comes out, it could come out powerful with powerful results. See, the tongue could express, can be expressed or repressed. The tongue can release or restrain. The tongue can enlighten or obscure. The tongue can adore or abhor. The tongue can offend or befriend. The tongue can affirm or alienate. The tongue can build or belittle. The tongue can comfort or criticize. It can delight or destroy. It could be sincere or sinister. The tongue can x-ray the good, I mean, Xerox the good and x-ray the bad. It seems like everybody has something to say these days. Statistics tells us, and, and this is the average person, the average person speaks about one-fifth of their life in talking. One-fifth. So if you would take all the words that you would speak in one day, one single day, it would be a book that has 50 pages. If you would add that up for a year, it would be 132 books with 200 pages each. That is just average. We all have something to say. And boy, we have so many opportunities for the failure in speaking the truth, but speaking it in love. So I'm really not surprised that James, in every single chapter of his book, that he has something to say to us because we spend one-fifth of our life saying something. In James 1, he shares with this, he says this in 1, 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Then he goes on to verse 26 in that first chapter of James. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion Get this? is worthless. That's pretty strong. But I believe that we, we don't want to shut ourselves up. I, I believe that the, we, we need to start talking. And talking is one person talking, one listen. Then we go to the next moment is that person who's listening talks. And then the person who was talking listens. We have to be able to know how to speak and listen in each other's lives. This is so critical. And let's be truthful. 
Have you ever misused your tongue? <laughs> have you? Well, I'm sure we all have in one time or another. I love like what Rick Warren defines gossip as. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we're probably gossiping. You know, this tongue could get us in trouble or it could build us up and build other people up. And James talks more about the tongue than anybody in the New Testament. Something was going on in his community at that time. We all stumble in ways that, well, well, we ways that we don't want to. And anyone who, who is never at fault and what they say is perfect, but able to keep their whole body in check. And now that word perfect, it's not like they're sinless. That word perfect is, it means that they are mature and that they are healthy. You know, when you go to the doctors, they say, stick out your tongue, and they want to look at your tongue. Why? Because that tongue tells us often what is going on inside of us. So this evening, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you four points that were covered this evening that should really motivate us how to, well, tame what seems to be untamable. So, Let's use our tongues right now. I, I, I want to pray for God's direction in, in this moment, in this church, and in your home, in our hearts. So, Heavenly Father, I pray right now that every person that is watching and listening, Lord, that you would speak into their lives. I pray that you would touch my lips with the coals of your altar, Lord. Let there come nothing but what will be edifying and bring glory to your name and building the body of Christ. Let there come, Lord, that receiving heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, what do we do? How do we tame this heart? Well, First of all, is our tongue directs where we go. Did you know that James says this in James 3, verses 3 through 5? When you put a bit in the mouth of a horse and make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take a ship as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a small, a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. You, you see, the tongue is very powerful. And when we think that our words, well, shape us really, uh, or, or that we shape our words, but in reality, our words shape us. And so we want to be careful what comes out of our mouth. And interestingly, James is talking about this, a bit and a rudder. James says that a bit in a, uh, talks about a bit in a horse's mouth. It's amazing. A horse would go two to 3,000 pounds, and a 95-pound jockey can control that tremendous power of that horse by pulling back, pulling to the right, or pulling to the left. And when you think the power of that tongue, that it can control something so large is amazing. Then he goes on and tells us it's like a rudder of the ship. 
I don't know if you ever seen an aircraft carrier. You may have seen on TV floating in the ocean. But the ocean is huge. Take that ship out, put it on a dry dock, and see how big it is. And it's a simple rudder that could turn that, that ship to the right or to the left. James says that it's so true with the tongue as well. And it literally directs our lives. It directs your life. It directs my life. So listen, both the bit and a rudder must overcome contrary forces. Is that the, that bit controls the strength and the might of the horse. That rudder controls that the winds and, and, and the ocean currents. It, like manner, the tongue must overcome, listen, must overcome the powerful influence of that fleshly nature. Now, here's the question. Where is that tongue directing you? Because it is taking you somewhere. Here's the other thing. Our tongues can destroy what we have. James says this in James 3, 6 and 9 through 8. The tongue also is a fire. Though a world of evil among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course on one's life on fire, and it in itself sets on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. They, they tame the tongue. It is a, rest, a restless evil full of deadly poison. <sighs> he, he, he says it's, it's like fire and wild animals. That fire can, can destroy so quickly. Those fires in California... They started very simply by maybe just a simple spark, a match. Something started that that was very controllable. But once it was lit, now it's burning forests down, homes down. I heard there in California, there's a small town that is totally lost by the power of one spark, one fire. James says your tongue can destroy just like that. It is like a raging fire that we could lose it all. Years ago, I was a full-time counselor. And I'm telling you, I've seen way too many times how careless a word could be used and how it could destroy a marriage, a career, a reputation, someone else's reputation, destroy a church or the church that you left, or destroy a friendship. The tongue not only has the power to direct where we go, but it has also the power to destroy what we have. For in Proverbs 12, 18 says, a reckless words pierce like a sword. Proverbs 15, 4 tells us a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. And Proverbs 16, 28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict. And a gossip, gossip separates close friends. Have you ever heard that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? I don't know where that came from because words, they do hurt. 
broken bones can, you know, can be, well, healed, but a broken heart, well, it takes some time for that healing to happen. That's why in verse 6 it says, it, a tongue out of control, sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. James is not holding back anything here, isn't he? He's, he's telling us, listen, uh, you've got to be careful here because you could literally destroy everything that you have, and it could also take you in the wrong direction. Now listen to this. James compares the destruction of a tongue to a wild, untamed animals. You know, it says that we could control anything, you know, any beast, any animal, but man can't tame the tongue. He says it's a restless evil. And it's restless because it can, well, pop up, explode any time whatsoever. And, and he talks about it, it's restless evil full of deadly poison. Would any of you would uh, let loose a snake, a poisonous snake in your home? There are snakes out there that are so deadly that they could kill a hundred men with one bite. That's how powerful that snake can be. Full of deadly poison. David said this, in Psalms 140 verses one through three, "Rescue me, O Lord, from evil men." They make their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The, pers the poison of vipers is on their lips. Wow. See, it could destroy. The third thing is that the tongue displays who we really are. And I like this in verse 9. He says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father. I love to worship the Lord. I love to watch how Pastor Anthony leads our worship team and, and how this whole team comes together and praises God. I can't wait for September 20th when we have this stage of our whole team together and worshiping the Lord along with you in the congregation. But I find it kind of strange that when he talks about the cursing, it's not swearing bad words. It's the cursing of put-downs. Saying things like, you're, you're a good for nothing. You've never amounted to anything. You are just like your... You finish that. Any kind of put-downs really is a curse. And isn't it amazing how quickly the stuff that is coming out of our mouths these days could change everything that is around us? I mean, one minute, we are... Excuse me. We are praising the Lord. Holy Spirit, we, you are welcome in this place. And then next, we're out in the hallway or in a parking lot in our cars or homes or restaurants, and our tongues and our words are tearing people down. Yes, this now may sound kind of strong, but family of God, you need to hear this because there is an inconsistency here. James 3.10 says, out of the same mouth comes praise and cursings. That just should not be. 
But how can this be? Well, because we give in to this flesh of ours. Verse 11 says, can both flesh, fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? James is saying that that is absolutely impossible. It can't. So here is the bottom line. The problem is not the tongue. I pause here. The problem is not the tongue. The problem is our heart. The bottom line is what comes out is what is inside. That's, have you ever seen the scenario played out of someone says something really mean or hurtful, and they say, I don't know what got into me. It's not like, like me to say that. I don't know why I said that. It's totally out of character. I really didn't mean it. Well, James is saying, yes, you did, because what is in the heart comes out of the mouth. It is that inconsistency that is there. Wow. It's that natural order. Jesus said it this way in Matthew the 12th chapter, verse 24. Out, um, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, family of God, let's begin to speak life, to speak that what, what God has true speaking into people's lives. Our tongues can bring and give life. That's why Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruits. I read a story. I read a story about a lady named Barbara Guild. She, she was teaching uh, or training some 3,000 frontline workers at grocery stores. Those are people that are bagging the groceries, filling the, the shelves, who, uh, who are the checkers receiving the food and checking you out. And she was talking to these people, going store to store, telling them the power of their words and the difference it could make. Well, at one of those stores, there was a young man. And, and he didn't know what to do about what she was saying. He understood it, but he didn't know how to um, simulate it into his life. So what he did, Johnny told her early on, he says, I'm 19 years old. I have Down syndrome. I work as a bagger at the grocery store. He said this immediately to let her know who she she was talking to. Then he also said, I went to the store and I didn't know how to apply your statements. I like to talk, but I didn't know how to do it as you were saying. So I went home and I talked to my dad and we started to talk about what we can say, statements that are affirming to people that are encouraging. And he says, and if I couldn't find it in a little book, I made them up. I typed them on six different times on the computer. I printed out 50 sheets and cut them out. 
Then he says, I had 300 of these quotes. Then every night, Johnny would sign each one that he would be handing out personally. What he would do is that he would be bagging those groceries. At the end of, of bagging that groceries for that individual, the very last bag, he would put his quote in there that he signed. Then what he did was he would look that person in the eye and he goes, I have something very special for you in that bag. They would go home and read it. It was not long that the manager called this, this woman who's training the people. She says, you can imagine what is happening in our store. This young man, Johnny, at his station, he would have people coming. Well, the manager would look, and there would be maybe six or eight or ten stations where people could take their groceries out. At, his, at those stations, there would be one or two or three maybe people at the most. But at Johnny's station, there would be a line that would go clean to the back of the store. The manager would get on the intercom, and he says these other stations are open, but no one would move. They would, he would come off, and he would go, you could go to those other stations. And they would say, oh, no, we want to be in Johnny's line. We want to get his encouraging word for the day. There was one woman who says, I would go to the store maybe once or twice a month at the max. I go every day now to just get a word from Johnny. Then the manager says, it's not only what Johnny's doing to the customers, he's changing the whole culture of the store. The people who do the flowers, when they break a flower, they usually throw it out. Now they would take that broken flower, they would go out of their cubicle, go find an elderly lady or a young girl, and they would pin it to their blouse or their shirt. It's just to be able to speak, do something kind in people's lives. I want to tell you something. If this young man could change the culture of a large grocery store, what can the body of Christ do by the words in which we choose to help people? James says that no man can tame the tongue. But that's true. No man. But God can change the man. In Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. My dear friend, we live in a culture today that needs to be changed. We have the ability to speak. You see, those words tell us where we're going. Those words could destroy and tear down like a fire out of control in one's life. But they also can speak life, words of encouragement. 
Psalms 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. You see, church, we want to say think before you speak or maybe pray before you text or email. You get the picture. But here's what I know. This word of God is filled with love. It's filled with encouraging words. It tells us that God loves us. He tells us that he knows us. And he tells us we have a future. We have hope that he gives us. We need to speak this into the world around us. Let's allow this tongue of ours be used for the kingdom where people would look at us, not run away, but run towards us because they love to hear what we have to say.